0: It our
1: is. last night together
0: <laughs> well we have another night we together. have another night together we have another podcast but this is our last Latin America in the world podcast
1: what um, are we talking about tonight? today
0: we are actually talking about. wait hold
1: on though before we get there how are you doing
0: <laughs> I'm doing all right how are you doing
1: I'm okay I'm okay I can't complain too much
0: today was better than Monday
1: today was better than monday in our household our
0: household our child had a real case of the mondays
1: case of the mondays weather was but nicer today weather got out for a nicer. walk that was really nice and
0: otherwise same as always
1: yeah kind of one day <laughs> same as same the next as around here
0: yeah yeah well we built an enormous bird cage
1: yeah, taller than our daughter. A bird cage our kid, for could, a bird that weighs a hundred grams,
0: <laughs> it could fit our daughter in it. Except it probably wouldn't hold her. All right, let's talk about the Zapatistas.
1: I'm ready. Oh, good. I love talking about the Zapatistas.
0: So this chapter that they read for today comes out of a book called. Is this um, Clifford Bob? It is Clifford Bob. Cliff yes, Bob. Cliff Bob. Um, a chapter called "Mark" or a book called "Marketing Rebellion," and this is a chapter. It primarily focuses on the Zapatistas, with a little bit of a kind of offset of the case of the EPR uh, guerrilla group from Garrett, Guerrero. EPR. Uh-huh. EPR. Yep. Um, in any case, so it opens with this description of a scene seven years after the initial Zapatista uprising. Two
1: thousand and
0: one. That might be right. yeah. so ninety-four
1: plus yeah. seven, so, so two thousand and
0: one. <laughs> yeah, two thousand and one. Right? Yeah. Yes. Good work on the math. We've been doing a lot of math. A lot of arithmetic. Lot of arithmetic. All right. So anyway, I'm going to actually just give you a big chunk of the opening to sort of set the stage because I think it's kind of sets up what the whole chapter is, is about.
1: Taking me back to yeah. 2001 taking or me taking back. me back to 94? I'm
0: taking you back to 2001. Good year. Good, Good. year. <laughs> um, so throughout the Zapatistas, multi-week stay in the capital. So they are... Mm-hmm. On the scene, still, mm-hmm. active, protesting 2001. And their triumphal bus journey from remote bases in the southern state of Chiapas. Mm-hmm. Foreign supporters accompanied yes. the rebels.
1: Yes, of course.
0: Conspicuous among them, dressed in white overalls and acting incongruous. White
1: overalls? <laughs>
0: incongruously <laughs> yes. as security guards, <laughs> yes. stirred dozens of monos blancos, or white monkeys, Italian activists prominent mm-hmm. at European anti-globalization protests,
1: Right, we're just two years past the battle in Seattle. We are. Right, okay.
0: In the Socalo, to greet the Zapatistas, stood a host of left-wing luminaries.
1: Mm, Francis, Naomi Klein?
0: No, not in this list anyway. France's ex-first lady, Danielle Mitterrand. Ooh. Film producer, Oliver Stone. Yeah. And my favorite of all. Sean Penn? No. no, no, he's only famous if you're an activist, I guess, or study social movements. But the McDonald's dismantler, Jose Beauvais. French activist. Okay. He was brilliant because he uh, destroyed a McDonald's, and when he was taken to court over it, he was like a local foods kind of activist in Mm -hmm. France. When he went to court over it. Slow
1: foods gorilla. He's a
0: slow foods gorilla. And they were like, well, you like, I forget. They were like, you, you, I forget what they say, but they basically like accuse him of destroying the McDonald's, and he's like, no, no, I dismantled it. I used tools. (laughs) It's my favorite. Uh, he's like one of my
1: favorite dudes for that quote alone.
0: Anyway, so, okay, so we're,
1: I'm in the Socolo. You're in the I got Oliver I got
0: Oliver Stone. I got, got
1: Daniel Italian Mitterrand.
0: Monos Blancos. You I've got, got
1: McDonald's, this man to live. Who knows who else? Who it's it's, it's, it's who basically else? the World Social Forum.
0: The World Social Forum in the Socolo. Socolos are just main plazas, that's how they call them in Mexico.
1: The Socolo, and they're in Mexico City.
0: They're in Mexico, they're in the big Socolo. That's a big one. It's a big one. Around the world, thousands of Zapatista followers monitored the March for Indigenous Zign- Dignity, also called the Zapatour.
1: Yeah, man. Zapatourists. On the, on the internet. Yeah. Ooh. To
0: pay for the event, they
1: were in cyberspace.
0: The Zapatistas solicited donations from national and transnational civil society, an Umbita bank account accessible to depositors around the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yet in the first days of the uprising, back in 1994, such support had been anything but certain. On January 1st, 1994, some 2,500 lightly armed Zapatista soldiers swept out of Chiapas's Lacan forest to capture San Cristobal de las Casas, a city of about 100,000, as well as nearby towns. Mm-hmm. So this sets us up that we have gone from what
1: a rural uprising a
0: very small rural uprising in the south of Mexico, far from the capital mm-hmm. um in nineteen ninety four to having like Oliver stone hanging out chilling in the a big plaza in the capital city
1: How much bitcoin do you think the zapatistas <laughs> would have question. would have like netted if they had had a uprising now right like if they were just if 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 2001 right like if if we had if you had transformed or uh, you know fast forwarded that like
0: I don't know are those I don't know enough about the Bitcoiners I don't either anyway we shouldn't Crypto get bogged but I don't know whether the cryptos would be they might I don't know they're
1: kind I of I don't, I don't know, know. I think they're weird. They're libertarians. We can th-
0: we could think about whether their politics would fit in the big tent that is the Zapatista ideology as we go.
1: Crypto bros, yeah. I think they're into Lambos.
0: Lamborghini yeah. Lambos.
1: I think so. I think that's like one of the major. But so anyway, probably I don't know. Tough to say. Tough to say. Really into yeah. decentralization. Anyway, you know, this is not relevant. We're not. I mean, come on. <laughs> Should I just read a card? Read a card. All right. Uh, Page 118. The rebellion drew major coverage from the Mexican and international media. Yes, I would imagine. During its first week, over 140 domestic and foreign NGOs rushed representatives to Chiapas despite uncertainty about who the Zapatistas were and what they really wanted. So this is 94.
0: We've zoomed back to 94. Okay.
1: I'm traveling backwards. Backwards uh,
0: Back to the 90s.
1: A decent time the 90s. Not great, but not bad Uh, compared to today. I might
0: have been wearing some overalls in the 90s. White overalls in the 90s. Not white
1: ones. All right. Uh, So 140 domestic and foreign NGOs raced to Chiapas. Uh, Outside Mexico, newfound Zapatista adherents picketed Mexican consulates and spread the group's communiques over the Internet the burst of domestic and international action exerted tremendous pressure on the Mexican government. By January 11, the army suspended its bombardment of the retreating Zapatistas, and on January 12, President Carlos Salinas de Gortari declared a unilateral ceasefire, allowing the insurgents to retain their arms and a territorial base in the Lacandon forest. What's interesting how much the Internet Seemed relevant because yeah, it's 94. Right. It's, it's like early. way before, like my household got broadband in 99 and we were like a test case from the cable company to get a cable modem.
0: Yeah, we're talking about dial up.
1: Yeah, so it would have been like, that's it's really interesting. I wonder who who is on the internet so,
0: in 94. Well, we'll get, hold the thought. Okay. We'll get to this in a in a little bit. To talk about sort of how this is working, the internet side of things um, in the '90s. Um, but,
1: but there's another. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just also. So that's the first thing that caught my eye. Here was like the Internet '94. Mm-hmm. The second thing that caught my eye. What year did you say the? I'm sorry. What month did you say the, the uprising was?
0: January first.
1: So like ten days, they get the government to cede. Correct. Like they extract a major, major concession. Yep. Within 10 days. Yeah,
0: the, the armed portion of the Zapatista rebellion is extraordinarily short.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Um, I suppose we're
1: going to talk about how.
0: Well, I mean, what's more amazing, right, is that these 2,500 indigenous revolutionaries. The Zapatistas
1: had 2,500 people. When I they mean, took
0: that were like San the, the kind of the army right twenty
1: five hundred
0: yeah, it's little,
1: not really though, I mean, a hundred thousand, like that's twenty five percent of the
0: well, no two and a half from, percent, sorry, they're not from San Cristobal,
1: right, right, but still, like, could you imagine twenty five hundred armed soldiers, no, I
0: mean, on the one hand, it's a lot, I should t- I'll put out some pictures right, yeah. because also imagining these guys as soldiers, yeah, I know, is right, both right, yes and no, yeah. Um. Yeah, but, I mean, think about that in the sense of, like, the Mexican government, the Mexican military mm-hmm. could crush them. Right. Right. I mean, for one, it's true that the element of surprise, the Mexican government was taken completely by surprise. They did not know who these people were. Mm-hmm. They, I think, didn't fully understand their capacity. Mm-hmm. But I think in short order they could have figured out that they could have...
1: Get the guy with the watches and you're done, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Marcus wears a lot of watches. Um, part of his... Je ne sais quoi. Um, part of his... What do they call it in the chapter? They call it a génial, like a cool myth or something like that. Oh. Um... But anyway, yeah. So he, uh, what were we saying? Oh, just they—they could have been crushed. I mean, basically. Um, but they're not. Yeah. And not only
1: not crushed, but like they kind of win.
0: They—it's a mixed bag in terms of what they actually win. But they certainly win. They come away without basically being able to like retreat without casualties Mm -hmm. for the most part right Mm -hmm. um their leadership is left intact they're not even disarmed i mean they do basically functionally disarm and that they don't carry out more um violent protest but um
1: right yeah so
0: and i mean i think a lot most scholars would attribute that lack of continued repression on the part of the state. I mean, the state does continue to repress them. So to be clear, like repression, ongoing low levels of repression keep going. Right. Um, But the reason that I think it's not just a massacre is attributable to a large degree to the international attention. So it's where we are seeing this, again, sort of if we're thinking about this unit, right, that the international attention is really changing the dynamic of this conflict. Right. Right. right, it would yeah. not look the same had it not catapulted itself into had the international.
1: 140 NGOs not rushed, yeah, representatives to Chiapas, right? So, interesting question of what makes this.
0: So this is part of what this chapter is about, right? Right, how is it that this becomes right? Unlike CEPRE, The EPR, right, the mm-hmm. EPR mm-hmm. unlike that, why does this sort of have this explosive? international appeal.
1: Right. Why do people don the white overalls for...
0: Eventually, right. that You know, yeah. seven years afterwards you still have a bunch people of international are... activists showing up at Zapatista events. Mm.
1: All right. I'm eager to learn more. To be
0: clear, we hung out with some of those uh, <laughs> activists.
1: What are you talking about? In walks. Yeah.
0: And we when we spent about nine months in Oaxaca and we definitely oh, you know, were hanging around chapulín. people that were go into some of these Zapoteur events Yeah, from Europe. And
1: yeah, that one guy could have definitely imagined in white overalls.
0: <laughs> I don't even know which one. I feel like I can imagine multiple <laughs> to get those guys in white overalls. Mm.
1: <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just actually did imagine him in white overalls. <laughs> it's a funny image. All right, so seizing San Cristobal demonstrated rebel power and created a the unique, if ephemeral, platform from which to project the movement, attracting the media, advocacy NGOs, and solidarity supporters who had previously neglected the region. The lasting reverberations from these attacks mandate close study of the revolt's first days, but long-term Zapatista backing has hinged also on the group's willingness and ability to modulate its goals, tactics, and other features to appeal to distant audiences. I see. So Cliff Bob is making the argument that this was the game all along, or not all along. They quickly, uh, they had a lot of flexibility to be like, oh, international community is interested? Well, yes. we are now an anti-globalization
0: protest. 100%. We're going to watch this shift a little bit in this Bob piece. Uh-huh. And one of the other brilliant um, parts, was that your card number three?
1: Uh, no, I think that was card number Two.
0: All right, I'll let you read one more before I talk about this next part. All but right. yes, 100% that we're about to watch some amazing flexibility um, and some strong savvy in terms of what Bob clearly in the title of his book right. calls marketing, right. right? But that in social movements lingo, I would call framing, right? That the the movement is able to be flexible and also do a great job of framing. Mm-hmm. And then connecting us back to the kind of Kek and Sakink framework, also the sort of ideas about how they were able to form networks and linkages, right, right. right is also institutional I think,
1: links, yeah. Or or,
0: or just yeah, some organizational links and not institutional. Or like foreign links is an interesting story. And it's actually I think there's some interesting comparisons and differences with the way that the Argentine movement that we talked about right. last week worked.
1: Right. So, I guess one of the things that I'm going to be watching out for as I'm reading these other cards, just to put the question out there is is this something that the zapatistas began with the expectation that we might get international attention, and so we're thinking already about that possibility, or was this like they were just as surprised that all of these foreigners came as the Mexican government was surprised that. These peasants came out of the jungle. Like, was this?
0: I think they were not. They may have been pleasantly surprised by the, the volume and extent. And volume, though uh, the I, scope. they think that uh, you, we see conscientious planning
1: uh-huh.
0: um, okay. to have some international, right. It's certainly national, right? Right. Like definitely right. wanting to catapult themselves into a national conversation, right. and very clearly, I think in other ways, already hope, hopeful. I think for mm-hmm. the international okay attention.
1: Well, I'll just keep reading and see what I see what I learn. With growing desperation in Mexico, a few state institutions to help the rural poor, and the recent example of regime change in Eastern Europe. Ah the Zapatistas came to believe that the time was ripe for revolt both domestically and internationally. Yet they also realized that forcing radical economic and political reform in Mexico, let alone overthrowing the president, was well beyond their capabilities acting alone. In the view of Zapatista leaders, the group could succeed only by convincing powerful third parties to join them. Thus, from the beginning, the rebels sought to activate receptive audiences in Mexico and abroad. Okay, just like you said. Mm -hmm. Critical to doing so was a means of alerting the outside world to the Zapatistas' existence, grievances, and demands. The New Year's Day attacks were that means. A communique dated January 6, 1994, expressly acknowledged that the primary objective of these political military actions was to inform the Mexican people and the rest of the world about the miserable conditions in which millions of Mexicans, especially us, the indigenous people, live and die as Marco stated, January 1st was our way of making ourselves heard. Mm-hmm. So Clifford Bob is partly arguing just that the very form of their demand-making, this taking of San Cristobal, was itself intended to generate precisely this kind of... Right, I mean, that's national. That's certainly national news.
0: Right, and I mean, I think that it's another way in which if we think about the fact that they could have really just been crushed, like, nobody in that rebel army, right? Okay. That takes on Cristobal. Right. Thinks they're going to overthrow the government. Right. right? They're not actually in the center of power. They're still way, way far away from the central state, right? Right. Um, So they're not actually, they're doing this bold act as a pretty Mm -hmm. big gamble Mm -hmm. to get attention that could end in all their deaths, right? I right. mean, this could like easily have sure. ended in slaughter.
1: Sure, sure.
0: Um, and and so yeah. So I mean, I think it's a it's an interesting. It's, I think we tend to think about some things, some actions as symbolic protests. You know, like oh, the grandmas wearing the diapers mm-hmm. on their heads, right? That we talked about a little bit. I think when we, mm-hmm. I don't remember if we talked about that last week, but that we was did. like one yeah. of the things, right? The grandmas would do. Um, so that's clearly symbolic, but I mean, here in a certain regard, the most direct thing that we can imagine, right, showing up with, you know,
1: chromie rifles,
0: well, probably some, you know, yeah, like AK-47s, mm-hmm. um, is also in some sense primarily a symbolic act, right? It's kind of interesting. Um,
1: so the question still that I have is like, how much, how much preparing of the ground went into this and uh, uh, preparing, like, were there orga- any organizational links?
0: So here's, this, I think, is what makes this actually so interestingly different from the Keck and Sakang, mm-hmm. right? So the other thing that they were relying, if we're thinking about the organizations, and I don't want to jump ahead too much because I want to talk about this a little more as we get, go further. Okay. Um. But if, for Keck and Sakink the principal actors were organizations, NGOs, right? Yeah. Um, here we're going to see the principal organized actor really being the media.
1: Got you. Got you. Um, the, right. This
0: is primarily an attempt, right? This was a surprise attack. I think right. had there been a lot of preemptive... Right. networking that these guys yeah. would have lost that newsworthy element of surprise. The Mexican government probably would have killed them beforehand. I mean like, right. Th- this was not in any way, this sort of slow build of networks. The building of networks did happen, but it happened after. Right. Mm-hmm. And it still was principally relying on, I think media and, and less, uh, and more inchoate sort of less developed groups. Right. Um,
1: Right and th- right, I interesting. Mean, the one interesting. Of the ways that they also not Amnesty International, right? right.
0: Um, I guess I'll go ahead and talk about this since we're already jumping in. That this is I was going to make the contrast in a different place, and we'll all bring it up there too. But um, so I was actually I was reading the my forums or my journals from my students, okay, and, the, and I got a good. I don't think I've had one in Latin America in the world like this, which I've had more in BJS. Someone got else some, was a
1: high school Amnesty International activist. No, you
0: know? no. Um, but Fred, who, you know, uh-huh. is from his family's Argentine. I uh-huh. was asking his parents about oh, good, yeah. About their recollections yeah. and sort of how they, and of course they actually did, were like, oh yeah, Am- Amnesty International, Carter, like sort of like they also could sort of talk about the important mm-hmm. role that those, the Carter administration and amnesty played in the dictatorship. But the funniest part was that apparently they were like, oh, the OAS, they're just like basically a bunch of corrupt crooks out for money. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway I,
1: yeah, amazing.
0: I really love that. I'd love to rap with his parents about yeah, for sure. exactly they uh, for sure. what they're thinking about, for who sure. who they're thinking for about, sure. maybe even for more sure. specifically.
1: For sure. For um, my view that's probably the most tragic part about the no graduation.
0: I know that we don't get to meet anyone's parents.
1: Yeah, no, but specifically Fred's parents (laughs) in this instance because, like, that's (laughs) the most amazing, right? Because that, to me, is, like, the most amazing thing where you've got, like, we've been talking for the last eight weeks about the OAS being, like, this useless yeah yeah but never corruption right never never corrupt, corruption right. no one's ever yeah. been like oh aren't they just corrupt the money like yeah. what does that even mean that's awesome
0: yeah i know i would love to i would love to i love it. that maybe at some point hopefully the seniors will get to I love that we they really are the levitt parents. center
1: of latin america
0: <laughs> but you guys were corrupt
1: no no but people thought like people wanted your money that we were no no people thought that the latin that the levitt center was like creating a shadow curriculum and like <laughs> right. was like that was the whole game, you know, is like to create uh, some shadow. Anyway.
0: Anyway. All right. So, All right. So, so anyway,
1: b- that's actually. Can I? Can we get back to this thing about yeah. the media being the primary target?
0: Yeah, and I want to say one more thing before you go Good. on, but yeah. So, but I mean, keep going. Well, you know, just don't the, move on to another. Just
1: thing. the the um, I mean, I guess that's another way in which it's it it's much more. It's a much riskier. Approach because you are, of course, you're. I mean, you know, at that time that you probably have like a group of of people who will pay attention in ways like peace activists and old, like, you know, old churchgoers that were into the solidarity stuff in the 80s and the civil wars in Guatemala and El Salvador. Like, but it's still like without those organizational links, you're still. Taking a much bigger risk.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. I think this was an extraordinarily risky,
1: you know, act. Yeah, and I
0: mean, shows to some degree some of the things that you guys read about in this chapter. Um, my students, not Joel. Joel didn't read the chapter. Um, of just the sort of poverty and sort of repressive conditions that. In Chiapas, that, the, that existed yeah. in Chiapas right. at the time, right? That people right. were willing to take an act. I mean, make Southern an act Mexico like is this. pretty, pretty very retirado. poor, very isolated, very yeah, yeah. You know, and and so and some old practices, like repressive practices, mm-hmm. existing well into the modern mm-hmm. era, right? Um, yeah. So, if we're thinking though about the if we're moving back to the sort of news media portion of this of relying on the news media, one of the things, and, and, uh, the leadership of the Zapatistas was, as I mm-hmm. said, very savvy. These mm-hmm. were not, um, these, I mean, the, the leader subcomandante Marcos the, has eventually been sort of like unmasked, right? He had this sort of mystique, no one knew who mm-hmm, he was mm-hmm. as a basically like a philosophy professor, I think, um, but so educated, right? He's right. not coming out of uh, an isolated community. He was educated in cosmopolitan and whatnot. So he... Not chooses. an
1: organic intellectual.
0: I mean, whatever that means. But he didn't... <laughs> he did go to school, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Um, but the attacks partly were what made them even more newsworthy, right? So if you're banking on, like if you're mm-hmm. throwing in all your, you're pushing in all your, you mm-hmm. know, what do you call it, like your loot and the gambling thing, mm-hmm. and you want to make sure you that all you're, in. Yeah, you're yeah. going all in here, um, is that they chose January 1st, 1994, as opposed to many other dates in and around when they would have been ready and prepared mm-hmm. because that was the date that NAFTA went into effect. Got you. Um, so, it, of course, this wasn't about stopping NAFTA. NAFTA had been negotiated prior, th- but this was, like, the symbolic the beginning symbolic of link. NAFTA. And it was also this moment in which Mexico was seen as, like, entering the first world. Um, so the dissonance between this, like, entry of Mexico into the sort of, right. like, these, like, the halls of the, like, developed industrialized countries. and then it's like these, an like, embarrassment. It for was very much these, like, Mayan... Salinas indigenous peoples with AK-47s and Chiapas, like, bursting onto the news was, like, very, very right. much... The
1: g- Civil War in Guatemala ends sometime in, like, the late 80s. Is well, that right? Well, no,
0: it kind of goes on into the 90s. You would have it still driving So, I mean, it's still in the courts. memory of
1: people who were paying attention to such things as was Civil War in El Salvador, right? Mm-hmm, so, I mean, yes. in other words... It's like the Zapatistas are are essentially saying uh, we're Central America, right? I mean, not exactly, but.
0: Yes, sort of. Mm -hmm. But I think, yes. But I don't think they were, I mean, people may have read it that way. But I think they were saying you're pretending that you're this other thing, this like, you know, industrial, like whatever, like NAFTA is all about. Right, industrial production and like you know, integrated supply chains, and like here we are, these indigenous people that you're pretending don't exist here, and here we are, and also in their ability to actually seize a state capital, Mm -hmm. a remote state capital, Mm -hmm. but state capital nonetheless. Yeah, no, I mean, um, it's not nothing shows a little bit of a weak state, right, at the federal level, right, so that you're sort of like. Your supposedly very, you know, on top of it, country has just like had a re- rebel movement take over.
1: Right, this would be like the Mormons taking Boise or something like yes. that in Idaho, right? Like a Mormon splinter cell. Yes. Taking Idaho. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, right.
0: Yeah, or right. like you know, Native Americans taking Tempe, or you know, is Tempe the capital? No, what's the capital? Arizona. Yeah. Phoenix. Phoenix. I mean, Phoenix is the capital. Maybe you know, there's a Winkleman,
1: Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious.
0: I believe you. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, you, this is like, the point is just yeah. the idea that, like, you would have a, yes, a sort of state far from the center of power and having some group, come. it's, like, also reflects poorly on the state capacity mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. of Mexico, as well as, I think, the level of development and this sort of sense of, like, we're all in our suits shaking hands and negotiating NAFTA, and, right. like, there's all these, I mean, and, I'll, like I said, I'll post some pictures, but, you know, they're showing up in their, in, like, indigenous garb, a lot of, course, of them, right? right? And uh, so that it it was, I think, the imagery created was very much, got you. like, made for the news.
1: Right. And then signaling to people, because there was a fairly large network of people, at least in the United States, who were activated by Central American civil yeah. wars and that kind of stuff. And so... Definitely symbolically saying to that crew, "Hey, get back in the game!" Like, yeah,
0: Yeah. and I mean, you see it. I like that you use the Unitarians. Get like you know. I mean, like it. Of course, those people that had.
1: Yeah, you know. Okay, all right. So that's interesting. I mean, a risky strategy, nevertheless. Yeah. But so it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. A second factor facilitated media reporting easy access to the movement during the first days of the uprising. In part, this stemmed from Zapatista control over San Cristobal, an important city that had long been a destination for international tourists interested in indigenous cultures and one having excellent transportation and communication linkages. If only for a single day, the Zapatistas secured a prime urban base where they began cultivating expectant journalists and framing the conflict in their own terms from San Cristobal it was simple for reporters to interview the impoverished <coughs> Mayan Indi- sorry impoverished Mayan Indians who made up the bulk of Zapatista constituents so i mean they just really it's like marcos i just think about when we were in oaxaca mm-hmm. right we were in oaxaca in 2008 2009
0: yep
1: right and that was two years two and a half years after an attempted a, a, a student rebelling and attempting to take the city of Oaxaca teacher really more than teacher okay sorry but teachers the students but are students all of, all course, of course of course teachers attempting to take the city of Oaxaca or taking the city of Oaxaca mm-hmm. being crushed by the federal police correct but i remember do you remember that party we were at in mexico city at that art museum yes and we had gone to this party at this, like, contemporary art museum with that music promoter and, and Juliet.
0: Yeah.
1: And we were there, and I remember being in a conversation uh, with a woman who was like, I think at that point, either we had already moved to Oaxaca or we knew we were moving to Oaxaca. And I was talking to this lady who was like an American expat, like wealthy lady who goes to contemporary art openings or whatever uh-huh. right I'm already like a total fish out of water, <laughs> and this woman says she's she, we're in this crowd, and she turns around after hearing me say something about Oaxaca, and she turns around and she's like, Oaxaca, oh, I hate Oaxaca, you know all the people there they think they're so radical, uh-huh. like all the expats she was of course talking about right. expats, yeah, yeah yeah right, and so so I think about like. Marcos, it's almost like he's just like, oh, like, I'm going to transform this place into the real fantasy of a lot of the tourists that come here.
0: Well, this is one of the things that I love in thinking about this is like, like I said, as I keep reiterating that this class is all about the international relations, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And we actually didn't talk about tourism at all this semester. Right.
1: Right. Oh. Right?
0: And this is our first moment where we see that, like, what he has done has been, like, there's always tourists in San Cristobal. Right. Those tourists like to come to see indigenous history. Right. I'm going to show them some indigenous, indigenous, indigenous people. present. Yep. right. And so it's sort of an interesting. I mean, so
1: not necessarily their fantasy, but maybe their, I don't know.
0: But it's a way that you were asking, like, what were the developed linkages and where Tourism. what he's relying on El is is well, and like again, it's a gamble, right? But a he's, like, gamble. he's like he's like. okay. And I mean, not just him alone, right? I mean, I know that other people were surely involved in those conversations, but right, that partly they're like, okay, this is a place that gets international people and has a kind of cosmopolitan, right? And so that he, he sort of, they, they, the Zapatistas more broadly sort of take advantage of this.
1: A bunch of people with like really, I mean, essentially what he bets on or what the Zapatista leadership bets on is that these weak, like, weak affinity Mm -hmm. could be mobilized and galvanized by a dramatic gesture.
0: Right. And that the, like, and that just the infrastructure there will allow those people to come, right? You're not, like, they're not still in the (laughs) jungle, right? right? They've gone to a tourist center,
1: I mean I And just... then
0: like okay so one of the things that, that that happens in Mexico that I love it's one of my yeah. favorite sort of Mexican yeah. protest politics things is that Mexican protesters will sometimes go and protest outside of the um left leaning newspaper the one that mm-hmm. you actually read about for in this piece it's La called jornada? La Jornada uh-huh. which um one of our one of my faculty colleagues when I, we were down there called it La Voz de which is like the voice of the Zapatistas, uh, like the right. town, right? Um, which it was, right? It actually reported mm-hmm. a lot of their kind of manifestos. Or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in any case, because... La Jornada is sort of sympathetic to social movements, the protesters weren't protesting the paper, but they would go protest outside the offices of the paper so that they would give the journalists easy access Mm -hmm. to an interview, right? Mm -hmm. So they'd be like, here we are, so that the journalists could just be like, oh, let's go see what they're doing. They could write up a quick story because they were just right there. And in a certain regard, right, trying to get into the really isolated parts of Chiapas where of course, the indigenous people that were part of this movement actually were coming from is far more challenging. And basically you feel like part of what this quote is illustrating is that fact that Marcus just provided easy or the Zapatista leadership mm-hmm. provides, right? Is, is sort of Marcus is the embodiment of that, but sort of he's amusing him as a shortcut, right? That like, they mm-hmm. just provide a whole variety of, you know, sort of, like, peasants, indigenous peasants right. for the news, international news and national yeah. news to, like, have access to. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, and it doesn't last long, right, that San Cristobal stays there based, but they have this initial sort of ability to get images, take photos, mm-hmm. as well as, like, you know, interviews and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting... Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's a way of, like... Manipulating linkages that don't quite exist, but are sort of, you know, like their pathways or, or whatnot. That are yeah, there. no, it's
1: right, it's right. It's like it's it's a uh, these are inchoate communities that aren't right. quite like that. In the sense, the gamble is that that having uh, a focusing event will actually transform them into. Right. A community into a constituency, right? Or not a constituency, but a yeah, a whatever, right? Yeah. Like, it will form but then there's that there's like into enough a f-
0: grease existing already, or like enough whatever that like will smooth that, yeah. You know, the you're like making it easy for that to come together. This is
1: why the right. left, I mean, the left got such uh, ex- so excited about. <laughs> about Zapatista. the Zapatistas, but it's, yeah. like, so not surprising. And, like...
0: Well, keep going. Keep okay. reading all right. because all right. there's, right. like, even all right. All right. more I'm
1: about... I'm going to get Serenity really wound up by this. I'm going to <laughs> watch out. i coming back here. <laughs> uh, all right. Days after the ceasefire, packets of Zapatista communiques began to reach receptive Mexican journalists, transported by hand to San Cristobal. Wait. To San Cristobal?
0: I think this is...
1: Packets from the jungle yeah. went to San Cristobal. Okay. Yeah. So little zines. Like,
0: again, is the question like how are they, how much are they ready for this? Are they preparing? Right. They're ready, right? right? I mean, they're, they gotcha. have, they're prepa- or they're rapidly making ready to prepare materials to be making sure mm-hmm. that they're getting their voice heard in the press.
1: Mostly the product of soup of subcomandante Marcos's prolific pointed and playful pen. These writings spanned hard-hidden communiques and manifestos, tendentious fables told by a beetle, a fanciful children's story, and at times inexplicable, almost hallucinatory ravings. (laughs) Significantly, many of their key documents were explicitly addressed to the peoples and governments of the world and to the national and international press, not just to the Mexican people. So yeah. he,
0: I mean, I have I teach this so, sometimes. Uh-huh. I have taught it in the past. His writings, in, right. the, in my social movement class, they're very fun. Yeah, um, he addresses like international organizations. He addresses international bodies, right. Mm-hmm. So he is talking directly, right, to like specific both. ones.
1: Does he ever talk to the OAS?
0: In, I don't know. I would have to do that. Be an interesting mm-hmm. search. He de- he definitely talks to the Red Cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some of them that I recall, it's been a while since I read them. Um, but I do re- remember these like for the, the crooks call-outs. at the OAS. <laughs> be amazing. No, he would never say that because he's not. <laughs> um, but the other thing that comes out—they don't—Clifford K- or Clifford Bob doesn't say it as such, but is that he's very charismatic,
1: right? And like, yeah. the, what I alluded well, to
0: earlier, this like I meat of that I was
1: going to say was that he kind of like it's like kind of like the Zapatistas have seduced. <laughs> the well, international 100% community. in the sense
0: of like he is the leader that everyone wanted right mm-hmm. he's like a revolutionary but then he puts down his arms and then he writes beautiful like stories and like I mean he's a and cliche and, and he's like I like I said I'll put the posters up I, he he wears a ski mask which he smokes a pipe through and he's got all the watches and he's got the like bullets sash right i mean it's like yeah he's just you know so So I think it's also, he's very good at, he's a, he's a charismatic guy and, and I think had they had some bland and it's why when, when I talk about them, I always sort of personify the leadership as him because even though that is actually not true, I think the leadership is broader and has been more actually probably has been far more like consensus Uh. and sort of discussion driven. I, he... If if you had had a real bland person like doing all the writing and doing all the
1: right. would this have
0: worked and would it have sustained an international audience for these many years? Like I think no.
1: No, right? no, no, like, and yeah. I mean to get to get the dudes and women, I suppose, but I think of most There's dudes, women
0: leadership in the Zapatistas. So.
1: I was thinking about the international community. I was thinking about how like what I want to see is like the relationship. I want to see Like, when do we hit peak Che Guevara t-shirt purchases in San Cristobal? Yeah, yeah. Right? Because I'm thinking, like, right, I mean, that's basically who the Zapatistas are targeting here.
0: Well, they're targeting, so they may think this gets fun. Yes, and also the Unitarians, right? Who may or may not be wearing a Che Guevara t-shirt, but... Not the same. Not it's not the same person you're talking
1: about. Right. It's not a red chick of our that. T-shirt. It's maybe a, a white one or a green one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. They're they're like selling you know equal handi- exchange th- coffee. They're selling yeah handi- the from me- from, mm-hmm. from yeah. you know to raise money. It's my support free trade them. shop for
1: our social action committee.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. My mom's a Unitarian. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's I awesome. think
0: I actually maybe went to some like probably like. Charla? Fun um, uh, Charla for the, like, I don't know, I probably bought a
1: worry doll or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> um,
1: the worry okay. doll that Simone puts under a pillow sometimes?
0: <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Who knows?
1: Uh, no, that came from Amigo Miguel, I think. Friend of the show, Amigo Miguel, I think sent that worry doll.
0: Did he? I think uh, so. I don't remember. I don't remember. I feel like All the right. worry dolls are just around, you know?
1: <laughs> where they're there when you need them. All right, by 1995, a thriving, oh yes, here it comes, revolutionary tourism trade had developed, offering the faithful and the curious a chance to, I feel so, I don't know, a faithful and the curious a chance to mingle with the rebels and visit Zapatista communities. In addition, Zapatista leaders occasionally journeyed outside of La Condon to San Cristobal, Mexico City, and abroad, where they proselytized for the movement and energized existing networks. Yeah.
0: And here's yeah. where I was initially going to draw that contrast with the kick and the kink, yeah, right? Yeah. So that we're not talking about the Ford Foundation, we're not nope. talking about Amnesty nope. International, right? We're not talking about the OS. We're talking about activists, youth and churchgoers and um that are sort of here. And then this gets also sort of back to one of the things, one of the differences I was going to make, which goes back to our initial conversation about the Internet. Right. Which is that the other group that is not a group but, like, category, maybe I want to say, of people that were activated in this were academics.
1: Oh, yeah. And so
0: the Internet stuff, the web pages and all yeah. of this Internet Presence did not come from the Zapatistas.
1: No, no, like, no. It
0: w- took years before Geographers, I think that it came from the anthropologists. It, yeah, I mean, it came from students,
1: all, graduate students.
0: It came from yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know all their positions, or I actually sure. know some of these websites and the people that they're you know are referring to, sort of in the fact that I've seen their websites. But yeah, I mean that this was actually primarily U.S. or European academics that were creating these things. Um, mm-hmm. so the web presence was coming from early right. internet users, right? Physicists,
1: Which, perhaps <laughs> physicists. anarchist, physicists, perhaps
0: we did know an anarchist physicist in Oaxaca. Uh, um, so, but yeah, so this is more like individual activists though. Right. Yep. So it's not, again, it's not the sort of sense where when, with amnesty, we were like, here is a way that all these activists are linked. Right or through Ford or whatever, right? That you're like linking, and this is much more diffuse, Where it's like, okay, I and, forget. There's like a center. There's much, like a guy in Michigan, and, and much like less
1: successful, right? I the mean, Zapatistas versus the Madres, right?
0: I don't know if I would. I don't know. That's an interesting question.
1: Because I, I mean, if if you were to ask me, if you were to say, I've got two movements, yeah, right, roughly, like. This one movement did this thing with, like, Che Guevara T-shirt-wearing people and academics and, (laughs) you know, and, and got the international news media to pay attention. Yeah. And this other got, like, Ford Foundation on board and Amnesty International. Who do you think was more successful at meeting their goals? Like I guess first of all, because I'm a stupid social scientist, I'd be like, "Well, what are their goals exactly?" Right. Right. So
0: this is this is partly. I mean, this becomes tricky. But, but I, I think also in th-
1: almost all circumstances, I think I would probably still say the people who got Ford Foundation on board.
0: Well, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure in practice
1: mm-hmm. that mm-hmm.
0: that was what made the difference.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, I mean, as someone who yeah is. I mean, both I think had limited, had mixed success. Okay. In what they were able to okay. accomplish. Okay. Some scholars, mm-hmm. me included, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, teach or argue in their research that the Zapatistas were actually part of what pushed Mexican democratization.
1: Whoa. Okay. Okay.
0: Right? I mean, you could argue that about the Madres and the abuelas in Argentina also, in a sense, right? That they are Mm -hmm. part of the movement that's pushing against the authoritarian regime. But I think that if we think about the movements in that sense, that I think it's hard to say that one is more successful than the other. I mean, what you get in terms of where the madres and the abuelas have, in the sense that they have more success, I think they have more success in like, okay, there are more like prosecutions of individuals that eventually happen in Argentina, hmm Whereas the Zapatistas are asking principally for far more systemic right. change. Right. Um okay. and if we sort of think that they both end up getting regime change, right, both regimes democratize after these movements, not directly after the Zapatistas, I don't think right. anyone would say that they're like the But I think they are part of the story of how you end up getting, you know, they are part of that path, that very slow path of democratization that Mexico takes, which is a very different story than Argentina. Right. Okay. um, That I haven't talked about in this class because that's not what this class was about. But nonetheless, I I think that the, the, the Zapatistas have had, interestingly, were quite more effective than you might guess from...
1: The way I've caricatured them. Yeah. Somewhat rudely.
0: Well, not rudely, but I think... I think as in it, they both, but they used different pathways to it's, success.
1: It's so interesting to think about, though. I mean, on the one hand, to go back to what we were talking about earlier about how the Sabatistas are taking this symbolic day of the when a bunch of international news media is reporting on NAFTA's gone into effect. Mm-hmm. Mexico is just like the United States and Canada, da, da 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 da
0: Well, though, also, there was a lot of conflict around NAFTA in the U- U.S., and right, probably right. also in Canada, but I, right. I don't know as much about that politics. But.
1: but it's almost like, I mean, I guess when I think about some of the other outcomes that I know about from the Zapatistas and some of what uh, that are on the linkages being made, because, I mean... You essentially, you do, I mean, this whole idea of getting this um, robust volunteerism, revolutionary tourism industry, like how many, when I think about the number of study abroad programs that we encountered in southern Mexico, right, that are. I mean,
0: there's a ton in Buenos Aires, too, I mean. And they're all going to see that. I mean, I went, when I went right. on my SIT program, <laughs> I went and watched the uh, like the Madres go walk around the yeah, plaza. I yeah, 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 talked yeah, about yeah. it in the last yeah, day, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, I guess it's just, is it's interesting that it's just another way of creating more international linkages. Correct. Right, so like, so I guess on the one hand, then I'm not quite so, sure, what they're hoping to do with, uh, with the NAFTA symbology there, other than tie it to make it something that, other than tie it to globalization.
0: They were. Well, and it was another way to get an audience, right? I mean, they're having to put out as many, right, by tying, I mean, we'll talk, mm-hmm. this NAFTA thing is going to come back up oh, on okay. some of the cards you're going to read. Um, I've only got one
1: left. Oh, it's it is, all about NAFTA. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> but, go ahead.
0: But I mean, so that to sort of uh, – what do I want to say? I want to say that because NAFTA had been also a conflict that mobilized social actors okay. concerned about things like labor rights and right. the environment and whatever right. in the United States, that there was all kinds of ways in which this symbolic use of NAFTA could potentially activate right. different different groups. Okay. So okay. To, I don't know. How are we on time? We're good. All right. So the Zapatistas also engaged in rapid and major tactical shifts, as we've sort of been talking about, um, in order to continue that appeal to both domestic and international audiences. So, of course, the most major one is the first one we talk about, which is that they move from starting out as a violent... Group to very rapidly becoming a nonviolent group, right? Right, that right. you have like two weeks maybe at best of like violent group, and then they're really not anymore, right? Um, right, the
1: UUs aren't going to stick around, if right? You, for slaughter, right? No. I mean,
0: I mean which is if we think about <laughs> right. one of the, the the EPR sort of contrast that's getting made, it's like they actually go the other way where they become more violent, right? Which is like, yeah, that's not the UUs, right? They're not, they're not down, um, so. The other thing that I think is kind of fun that they do, especially as we're sort of thinking about this, like the savvy, is that they really embrace um, one of the decades, and here we're back in the 1990s, remember, biggest sort of like buzzword kind of concepts, which is... Grunge? <laughs> no, <Know> that too. <laughs> um, civil society.
1: Oh, yeah. That was big. In it then, was right? very huge.
0: big. NGOs loved.
1: We're going to cre- we're going to prop up civil society. We're going to develop civil society, support civil, civil society. society.
0: And so one of the things That's that that we very rapidly did was start doing like consultations of civil society and working to invigorate Mexican civil society um, and so that this becomes this important sort of way of talking about what they're doing which isn't necessarily disingenuous mm-hmm. but it's it's also it's just, like that they've just gotten on board i mean and we've seen this in other ways right when like the colombian state is like oh oh wait so we're not into g- gorillas now we terrorism right? oh, great. Oh, oh okay okay we'll call them terrorists now right i mean and okay. so in a certain regard you see that that it is i think both true that the zapatistas are listening and responding and and like trying Mm -hmm. to actually be receptive and responsive and also that they are, you know, definitely appealing and continuing to appeal to like, Oh, this is what NGOs care about and we need their attention. Oh, okay. We also, we can talk about our shit in that way. Right. I mean, we might not have before, but now we can, right? Yeah, absolutely. And in, if we're thinking about that sort of pragmatism, um, Their goals, or at least their framing of those goals, was equally flexible, as you see in this quote that you're about to get.
1: Okay, so on page 157. Indeed, at first, the Zapatistas gave NAFTA no greater prominence than other grievances. Although understanding the attention-grabbing potential of revolting on NAFTA's implementation date, military considerations, the element of surprise and the Zapatistas' need to train their troops, predominated in the choice of dates. Had free trade been their central grievance, the Zapatistas could have revolted several months earlier at a strategic moment before NAFTA's approval by the Mexican or U.S. governments, perhaps preventing, delaying, or altering the agreement. As in the case of indigenousness, there were, n- <clears throat> there were no references to NAFTA or neoliberalism in the revolutionary laws or the declaration of war. More importantly, The history of Zapatista activism in Chiapas extending back into the early 1980s, well before NAFTA became a major issue, also shows that concern over the trade agreement came late to the movement. Discrimination, marginalization, and repression extending generations into the past and having primarily domestic sources provided the fertile soil on which the revolt grew. Right. So, in other words, my question earlier, like the NAFTA thing is really just a a convenience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is a convenience, and it also is true that, um, so there's, Bob then goes on later to say um, that it isn't just a convenience, right? Right. And he describes it this way. He says the resonance of NAFTA and globalization involves more than just a coincidence of goals, right?
1: Mm.
0: So that these frames transformed what might have appeared to be a localized land dispute. Right. right. Because who, what international activist is going to get involved in this sort of local land dispute, um, which is how the government tried to portray it, right? Mm-hmm. This is actually mm-hmm. just a land problem, an mm-hmm. indigenous land problem in the South, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. a national mm-hmm. political issue. Um, this is Clive
1: and Bundy in
0: right? Oregon. And NAFTA also makes it bigger than a national political issue, right? So all of a sudden, okay. you have activists saying things like, Quote, of course, conditions are very different in the Lacandon jungle than in the metropolitan European jungle. <laughs> but there also exist common elements since neoliberalism, that is to say capitalism, penetrates our lives and determines them. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I mean, one of the things that it did is that, I mean, these things, if we think about NAFTA as the broader sort of path of neoliberalism in Mexico, which involved reform of a land reform, like the elimination of a land reform clause of the Constitution, mm-hmm. Um, and big changes to sort of the policy policies around corn production which were important in southern Mexico Um, so these things were major parts Mm -hmm. of life they were of course parts of deeply rooted more localized historical patterns right so it wasn't like NAFTA now it sucks right it was like there has been a history of repression and marginalization and, you know, all of these things, lack of investment, right? you know.
1: Right. And it- what elites here are all about is free trade, right? right. Like, our concerns don't matter at all. Right. Because they're too focused on, like, I don't know what, making cheap shit here so that Americans can buy. Right. And, like, people are killing me. And my family and expropriating my land and depriving me of my milpa so I can't feed myself or my family.
0: Well, and there's all kinds of politics around corn that Sorry, are even, I just, even you know. deeper, but absolutely, right? And I mean, so, that, but that was like, but that this runs into this deeper story. So it's like NAFTA is both convenient, right, in the sense of like a moment to launch your protest when everyone might be more likely to be looking. Mm-hmm but also there's truth to the fact that it are, it is these particular kinds of development patterns that have partly been sort of like under creating underdevelopment or however we might right. want to call it yeah and repression in in the south of Mexico so i think it's it's like both it does matter but it matters more of like this is a symptom of 100 years of repression as opposed to
1: Right. Um,
0: As opposed to, like, this is a NAFTA protest, right? right? I mean, we could think about it that way, but it would be shallow. Um, Right. But it is still yet more than just a frame.
1: It's a brilliant... I mean, it's a brilliant movement in that way, to me, of its ability to, to... I mean, it really... It's that ability to synthesize out of, like, it's totally this amazing synthesizer of all of this stuff that's swirling around, and suddenly, with this one dramatic event, it forms something, like, it forms a thing, Mm -hmm. like, like it's it's an interesting, I mean, that's fascinating, right, instead of this, like, slow boring of hard boards, or whatever, Right, which like, I mean
0: was to some degree happening in the jungle for the decades. Well, that's right. Before I mean, what says here is
1: the thing, right. apathy activism through the eighties, but like yeah. this there were great... more
0: Maoists then, right? You really see this very like strong evolution, which uh-huh. I think is both um, pragmatic and also again like they they show up as Maoists and the peasants, the indige- the actual indigenous people are like uh, I'm sorry, Mao. what? Red like, book, like yeah, one. we're not interested in your Mao. <laughs> <willful>. <laughs> we don't I... want that. So, like, you know, that mm. they actually adapt partly in response to the community that they're, like, they're going to, like, liberate with their Maoism. And then the people are, like, uh, mm. no, thank you, right? Like, right. thank you, but no, thank you. Mm-hmm. And so that you get adaptation that happens, like, in that long, slow slog is, like, the sort of
1: sure. actually sure.
0: some of these intellectuals coming to know these indigenous communities in southern Mexico and understand their concerns and their
1: politics
0: right Mm there you know right Right. it's a different
1: kind of pragmatism than what we were talking about with the protests in argentina that had a different they were like i don't know i think it helps for me to clarify the difference between practical and pragmatic right Mm -hmm. where like what we were talking about with the mothers and grandmothers in argentina was like these were very practical concerns like Right, Where is right, my right, child? Right, right. Like just very practical.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. That the, right. the accretion of all of these people trying to to satisfy practical demands creates a movement. Whereas this is like really pragmatic in right. the sense of like it's it's really flexible and it's right. really interested in this kind of like blurry vision, yeah. right? That's not at all well formed, but is still you know it's not. I mean, they abandon the principles. Yeah, which is part of their success, right? Right. So, I mean, to me, that's a that's and it's, it's a like nice...
0: keeping the heart of some of it. It's not that they're of like, are cynical. Like, yeah, right. It's like not this, like cynical kind of like whatever, like right. But it's like ways of like sort of reshaping and rethinking and you know adaptation that also allows other people to get on to be able to get to get on board.
1: board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The heart of, I mean. Sorry to end it's here on like my hobby <laughs> horse about pragmatism.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, you love pragmatism. But it's also, I think. I
1: live pragmatism. It's also I like. I just it. love it. I live it. <laughs>
0: um, but also, very good organizing, I think, often yes. involves this, right? Yeah. If we think about that.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I'm out of cards.
0: Yeah. I think this is it. This is our last Latin America in the world. They're watching a documentary, which we're not going to podcast. Though we still have to watch the documentary because I haven't actually seen it yet.
1: Cool. Cool. Any parting thoughts? Any, Any you know, wise words?
0: No, I don't think I have any wise words. I'm I'm looking forward to their uh, PowerPoint finals.
1: Excellent. Um. Excellent.
0: I hope I hope you guys have fun with those, uh, and, and definitely you should share them with whoever you're stuck with. Definitely. They might at this point be definitely excited to learn about something that's that's not a uh, whatever they're doing. And most if you of do a song.
1: voiceover, you know you could just do a presentation, record a voiceover, and send it to me. <laughs> I'd be happy to to see compare notes, you yeah. know, because I feel like I've been part of the class for the and last. Do you
0: have any important takeaways?
1: No, I don't have any important take. I'm a student here, you know?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm asking them to come up with their
1: takeaways. Oh, shit. Um, no, I don't really have any important takeaways. Uh, to me, I'm still, I feel still like I I have yet to achieve the synthesis of these eight weeks. But maybe it's because we're podcasting three classes and <laughs> well, I cannot I keep mean, straight what we have which talked about in what? each podcast.
0: Yeah, no, like, it's a it's miracle. True.
1: This is the longest podcast we've ever recorded, by the way. We're at an hour and two minutes, Ooh, so we goodness. gotta get out of here. Long. We've go. um, I don't have any I'm any synthetic this. thoughts other than like it seems like international linkages matter.
0: So this last unit that that could maybe be one of their bullets on their.
1: Uh, it Seems like they're important
0: <laughs> on their slides.
1: And it does, seems, giving you
0: some help not it,
1: like it, wh- <laughs> it seems like it doesn't matter whether they are institutional or organization. Like, it yeah, seems we've like they seen, matter. We've
0: seen some diverse stuff. And I look forward to seeing what the documentary holds on this front. Uh, because like I said, I have yet to watch it. So it'll be in on my horizon for this week as well. All right, we got to get right, out of here. All right, guys. Be good, safe.
1: All right, have fun.
0: Bye-bye.